0: In a row? Combat! Hey, what's
1: up, the force around you! I am vengeance. I am
0: the we are playboy. Hasta la vista, baby!
1: Hey everyone, you're listening to Geek Positive, and our spider sense is tingling. My name is Ryan Maxwell, as always. I'm Greg Ames. So, Greg, what are we talking about today? Oh, that amazing Spider-Man. The Spider-Boy. The Spider-Boy. The human spider. The spectacular Spider-Man. The sensational Spider-Man. How many more adjectives can we put in front of Spider-Man? That guy who does... The things a spider can—I'd say any of the things. Spider Man, Spider Man, can't escape that fucking song. I love that song. I wouldn't want to escape it. No, no one ever talks about the theme song for the
0: '90s Spider Man cartoon because it's not as easy as sing along to. Don't get me wrong; it's a banger, but like it's, it doesn't have quite the same catch to it. What about the lyrics, though? Spider Man. Spider-Man. Radioactive Man. Okay, Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Blood. Do you know Joe Perry composed that?
0: No shit. Yeah, like Aerosmith Joe I've Perry? Joe Perry did that theme song. Wow, yes. that is legitimately the best piece of music he's ever composed.
1: Whoa, that, well, controversial take about Aerosmith, but okay. No, uh, not that controversial. <laughs> not a fan?
0: Not a huge fan, and... None of it is legitimately, I would bump that Spider-Man theme before any other this song. I could probably agree with that. It, it is awfully metal. Yeah. Spider-Man,
1: Spider-Man, radioactive Spider-Man. Okay, I'm done. Yeah,
0: it worked out really good because, contrary to popular belief, which we are not above doing, but this time we weren't just chasing the trending topic, we actually had decided to talk about Spider-Man before the trailer drop. And then the trailer happened to drop, so it worked out perfectly. It was like a
1: beautiful gift from sweet little baby Jesus and his little ghost manger. Exactly. I think it's been a recurring subject on the show of us talking about Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home, and you know the rumors, what is it going to be about. There's so much talk about this movie, and we've talked about it, I think, to a very great extent. And to the point where, like, when the fuck are we going to get a trailer? And it finally happened it happened. Yeah. It lived up to the hype too. I was happy. I I'm happy to report I to report that I agree with you. I was a little bit unsure about the idea of them doing a multiverse and bringing in elements from the old movies, but after I watched this trailer it's like, fuck, I am all in. Oh yeah, like
0: I know it's cheesy and people have said it a thousand times. Just hearing the line Hello Peter got me so fucking excited. And also, did they do some
1: CGI on Doc on Alfred Molina? Because he looks exactly the fucking same, and it's been almost 20 years. I'll say that I originally thought that, and then I saw a side-by-side. I'm like, oh no, he aged. Okay. He looked, to me, he did not look different at all. But yeah, this trailer, oh my god.
0: That's the nice thing about Doc Ock, is he was never like the super cut, like crazy in shape, and I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying the man is a large portly fella, but I'm saying, like, he doesn't need to be in, like, superhuman shape, yeah. So it works out for him, because he can still look just like Doc
1: Ock all these years later. Yeah, he's an average fellow, but he's also a scientist.
0: Yes, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. I'm somewhat of a recurring villain myself. Yeah, let's talk about that, dude. Uh... Just, well, I didn't think we were gonna get anything else... And I was fine with it at first. I thought we'd see a pumpkin bomb and hear the laugh, and that was it. And you know what? In that moment, I was fine with it, because I was so excited just to see that old-school pumpkin bomb again.
1: Now, the thing is, are they portraying their versions of the characters from the old movies or not? Because I've heard different things about it. I believe close enough to the old movies. You see, I heard originally the versions from the old movies. I've also heard they their mate... They're technically going to be alternate reality, not necessarily connected to the old version, but still played by the, the same actors, because I guess nostalgia? I don't know. And to be honest, I don't give a fuck. I'm just happy to see them in the roles again. I do hope if, you know, obviously they're bringing Willem Defoe back as Green Goblin, I hope they give him a better costume.
0: No! Seriously. No! No, no, no! no, no. You want, if you, we're doing this, do
1: it! You want the Green Power Ranger Green Goblin?
0: without a doubt. Mikri, won't the foe looks like a goblin to begin with? (laughs) I know, and in hindsight, yes, would I have made the costume different. I think I've been on record of saying this. But if we're doing this, let's throw to that universe where that's our green goblin, and I want that green goblin i do not want the mcu version i want shitty 2000s we don't want to lean too far into the comic bookiness of it green goblin so what if they bring back like uh electro which is a rumor i heard they're going to so i've accepted it it's whatever if they're gonna bring one of them back i would have preferred the rhino and the lizard
1: I've heard so many rumors about who they are and aren't bringing back. I, I don't know what are true. At this point, the trailer confirms Green Goblin and Doc Ock, and I would be fine with just, with just those two, but we'll see what happens.
0: Well, we know we're getting at least one Garfield one. Garfield? Well, we cat. don't know, but I would assume... I Fuck that cat. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of that fucking cat. No. One of the Andrew Garfield villains, I'm assuming we would see. I hate Mondays. Jesus fucking Christ. I quit. <laughs> Did you have
1: any lasagna? <laughs> no, I don't even like lasagna, really. What? Okay, so no, let's, I'm not try, a big fan. let's try to get into a bit more of the trailer. Okay, so the basic premise. The thing that always I was wondering about this movie is the fact that, you know, they've heavily hinted at and now confirmed it's going to be a multiverse movie. And my first thought about that was... Okay, at the ending of the last Spider-Man movie, his identity was revealed. How is that going to tie into the multiverse? Are they going to just quickly disregard that? And this trailer showed that it looks like they're handling, like, going to handle it in actually a really good way, by way of Peter Parker going to Doctor Strange to ask him to erase the memory of his identity being revealed to the world, which I think is... I don't know if it's intentional, but it sounds like it's a nod to the uh, One More Day storyline, the much um, divisive storyline. I thought the same exact thing. Except this makes a little bit more sense. You know, making a deal with the devil to save your Aunt May from dying, but he gets to erase your marriage. I don't see where those line up, but, you know, him erasing his identity to the world, and then he's like, wait a minute everyone's going to forget it including MJ and Ned and Aunt May Wait, and then he fucks it up. Yeah. That 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 plays out a little bit better than the
0: uh one more day scenario. Yeah, I agree. And it it does line up with the ending of Far From Home perfectly and not just oh well we have to fit that in. No, it causes it. So it's nice. Yeah, so if, I'm
1: relieved that they're handling that in a good way. Like that was like I said that was one of my main points
0: of um what are they gonna do about that yeah um like I said I'm just happy to see Doc Ock back and Green Goblin and so let's get into the rumors of it all and evidence for the rumors I'll start with the one that I think has the most weight aside from Garfield McGuire because yeah that's pretty much all but confirmed I'm saying Charlie Cox Daredevil uh I, I don't know.
1: That can go either way. I think you pointed out, and then Sci-Fi pointed out, and you got angry at them. Supposedly, you can sort of maybe see him in that interrogation scene. You see a silhouette
0: of a man, and I've watched Daredevil enough that this man that we see looks extremely similar, and then it does seem an odd choice for the trailer to show the man slamming down the files next to him and not show his face. That seems... That's an extremely intentional choice, no matter what it is, and... All signs point to. Of course, that would be a lawyer. It's definitely a man, so it takes out Jennifer Walters. I'm like, that's Daredevil. I'm I'm interested, but I don't know. Like I said, I think it can go either
1: way. There's so many fan theories about this movie. It's 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 gonna be an insane few. Right, I, I, I need a call from out.
0: you. No no fence riding for you. All right. Daredevil in or out? Honestly,
1: I'm gonna say out just because Kevin Feige doesn't really even acknowledge the Netflix Marvel shows anymore. Ooh, we have a showdown. I can't wait to prove you wrong. This is going to be exciting.
0: Well, we'll see what happens in December. Hopefully the movie comes out. Yeah, I'm still holding on hopes that that Indiana Jones movie never gets made so I can be right. <laughs> You've seen photos from the production you're still I, holding on to that? I hope tragedy, tragedy could strike any
1: time. If, Har- if something happens to Harrison Ford now, it's your fault. You you, <laughs> don't you, 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 will be held if Harrison Ford dies tragically while making Indiana Jones Five.
0: Greg Ames, it is your fault, and I will make sure you are put, are put in jail. I don't want anything bad to happen to Harrison Ford's health. Maybe he could get arrested for something, or get canceled, or something like that. Arrest. Get canceled. He can't get canceled. He he hates everything, so he's equal opportunity. Now <laughs> uh, see. Now look. You know what the great irony would be is us bringing it up is what gets him canceled.
1: Oh, oh yeah. A bit of a side tangent. where We're talking about our influence on the world. Uh, apparently, Sony listens to our show. Why? Because in our last episode, we talked about you, we talked about you, especially how stupid it was that Venom 2 is coming out, was going to come out the same day as Halloween Kills. And guess what happened? It's probably getting delayed. So, Sony, thank you for listening to our show. Greg i give credit to greg for that so send us some money and i know the i know the movie studio brigade or whatever you call it listens to our show and i'm glad they're finally making decisions based and on the united movie saying. studios yeah the united movie studios mr sony mr disney mr warner brothers mr lionsgate uh which one was the woman i don't remember ms paramount <laughs> ms pa- ms paramount we're saying ms because she's an independent woman she don't need no
0: man i was thinking of The Miz right now, but okay. But anyway, back to this. Well, what you just said brings up a good point. That takes out the Venom rumor, if you ask me. Was there a
1: Venom was there a rumor that Venom There's been be-
0: rumor for everyone. I never held to that one, but I will address it since we're talking about it, and that kind of proves that there will be no Venom in it, like especially considering that this was scheduled to come out after Venom Let There Be Carnage. And if they're okay with delaying that until after this movie, you know it doesn't have the connection.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I never really expected any connections between Venom and Spider-Man in the movies. Ven- the first Venom movie so clearly established a version of the character separate from Spider-Man. It seems like they'd almost have to like go out of their way to connect them again. So I'm fine with Venom being his own thing. Like a thing.
0: multiversal event where everything's crossing
1: over? Yeah, I'm fine with Venom being his own thing. I, we've discussed this movie at lengths before. It's It's kind of a cheesy but fun throwback to 90s superhero movies that were kind of, you know, back before, you know, cinematic universes existed, and I don't really want to see it be a part of that. I like it being its own thing. Enough of this Venom. Bring me pictures of Spider-Man, Maxwell. You... I, I, what about nudes? Accepted. No, you're supposed to say, I don't want nudes, I want pictures of Spider-Man. But if they're mean? of Spider-Man, I guess that's technical. If you want to get into it,
0: but he have to be he he would have to be wearing the mask still. So. Oh, fair point. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say really about this trailer. I like the whole world turning on him. I like Stephen Strange being in it, and I like everything else we mentioned. So, why
1: is it snowing in Stephen Strange's house other than the, the fact to have him in a hoodie?
0: I think that's literally going to be such a little fun random nothing thing like oh we're casting a spell in the Himalayas or something like that and snow came through a portal. You know, something it's not going to be a plot device if you ask me. It's just going to be a random thing. He wants to have a winter vacation inside his house. Exactly. And you know he's he's a magician,
1: so he can. I really feel like This is probably going to be referred to as the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy, because each movie has the word home in the title. First, Homecoming, then Far From Home, and now No Way Home. In my mind, do you remember, I think in the 70s or 80s, maybe 90s, I don't know, there was a Spider-Man Team-Up comic just called like Spider-Man Team-Up. Yeah, that wasn't just then. They've had those for a long time. I feel like this new trilogy is like the Spider-Man Team-Up trilogy, because each movie has a prominent other Marvel character in it. The first one had Iron Man. The second one had Nick Fury. and that was, This one has Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. You could and,
1: be right. and, I hope and, that's it. And other spider man That too. But I, I kind of like that because of the fact that, you know, we got the Spider-Man on his own solo movies twice already. The Sam Raimi trilogy and the Mark Webb duo, duology, whatever. We've seen Spider-Man. The Mark, the Mark Webb movie. There's two of them. Nope. No, there's not.
0: There is an amazing Spider Man 2. You can't deny that it exists. There we was not an amazing Spider Man 2. That first one's so good. And then after that, there was nothing, if you ask me. I don't. I refuse to acknowledge this. Greg's delusional. We'll be talking about that movie at some point in this podcast
1: because we're talking about Spider-Man. But anyways, we saw Spider-Man on his own in his own universe twice. So I like the idea that, you know, they had to do something different. They couldn't rehash the origin, which they didn't. So they did, you know, here's Spider-Man interacting with this guy from the MCU and this guy. So
0: I think it helps set it apart from the other movies. And it makes sense. It's called the Homecoming Trilogy because it's Spider-Man at home in the Marvel Universe. And also,
1: he homecoming isn't. He? he went to the stupid homecoming thing in the first movie because he's a teenager. Yeah, but I always like that
0: Spider Man's homecoming to the MCU. Yeah, it, it works. It works in both ways. They wrote it into the movie, I think, because of that. Yes. Kevin Feige works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does. Now All so, right. So, do you yeah. have enough on the trailer? Can we get into just
1: Spider Man? Well, let's, uh, here's. Well, actually, here's something about the trailer that will segue into other things. One thing we did not see in this trailer was other Spider-Man. We did not see that. We did not see Tommy McGuire or Andrew Garf- Garfield as their respective Spider-Man. And I'm wondering when that will happen. And also, that leads us to talking maybe about their movies. I will say
0: this on that subject: I did not expect to see them in this first one, especially it being the first teaser trailer, which yeah. honestly was more of as a full-on trailer. But it, still. it was it was three minutes I long. Think... That's not a teaser. Yeah. I think when we get the final trailer, so the second one, pretty much, we will see the back of a suit and you might hear a little bit of dialogue. I think they're keeping that full on like reveal yeah. until the movie itself. Like I imagine you might see the back of like the heads of the three of them looking at something, but or- you won't get the full on Garfield Maguire
1: reveals until you're in the theater seeing this. Or maybe you're going to get Toby Maguire saying, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Yes. Referencing Spider-Man 3 and the original Sam Rale- Sam Raimi trilogy, um,
0: we perhaps we could talk about that. Well, it, well, let's take it back a little before that. When did you first get into Spider-Man? Oh.
1: oh I don't remember how, how old I was. I was young. Um, I got actually it's another case of I got into the Spider-Man cartoon when I was younger and that led me to start buying the comic books. That was the same thing that happened with me in X-Men. So X-Men and Spider-Man were the first major superhero books that I collected. I collected Spider-Man in the 90s once again, which was a very fucking weird time for that character. For, for those of you that experienced it around my age, because the 90s were dominated by the Spider-Man clone saga. Yes. Which, as a kid, I enjoyed. As an adult, I realized why people didn't like it. But that's what I grew up on. And then after it went, my fandom went on to, you know, the stuff after that and the movies and all that. But yeah, Spider-Man is one of my original, i say, three
0: superhero type things that I got into. Yeah, mine goes back to before I was even in kindergarten. I remember I had a Spider-Man toy I played with all the time and make him fight all my other toys. And he always won cartoon just like you said was the big thing for me got me into it and i was a kid when the mcguire movie first came out and i was so excited we saw it that opening weekend at the drive-ins i believe and i remember going home and playing with spider-man toys i mean so excited being a little freaked out about the green goblin laugh and i've always liked the it always been one of my favorite marvel characters the first spider-man movie that was what 2002 was it even
1: two or was it one? No, it would have been two. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that came out the same year as uh, Attack of the Clones.
0: Yeah, that would have been two then.
1: Because I remember having uh, debates with my friends about which was better, Attack of the Clones or Spider-Man. And I think all pretty much all of my friends, we all said Spider-Man was better. Oh, don't make me do this. This will be a whole episode on that. We can't do that. I don't even know which one I would choose as both a star, huge Star Wars fan and a Spider-Man fan. It's, it, it's hard to tell. I haven't watched either of them in quite some time, so I don't know how well either one of them would hold up. They both had this the distinction of coming out in that period in the early 2000s where, like, CGI is the best thing ever and is going to make movies even so great. And, like, CGI overkill was, like, in full swing of 2002, so I'm kind of afraid to revisit those movies because
0: I don't know how much of that the, the effects will hold up. I still always remember those came out the same year, and I know I brought this up on the podcast before, because the Dinotopia VHS tape said... Out of the way, Attack of the Clones. Move over, Spider Man. DinoTopia is the real blockbuster adventure of the year, and no one remembers DinoTopia. Yes, yeah, let's say, what the fuck is DinoTopia? Exactly. I am the only human that I'm convinced that still remembers no, seriously, it.
1: Seriously, what is DinoTopia? Let's take a side it's track here. What is
0: it? I believe they were in a plane crash or a boat crash, and they ended up on this island, like through the ocean, and that. Where human and dinosaur live together in harmony, and everyone has a companion dinosaur who lives with them, and it, it's a wild time. The the librarian was a uh, Gallimimus, and it, it's 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 a something. One day I'm gonna go back and rewatch this, but yeah, I've no fucking idea what
1: that is. Okay, I, I always forget them a little. Well, I don't forget. Cause you bring it up all the time. I'm a little bit older than you. How old were you? A in little bit, Little bit. How old are you? How old were you in two thousand two? Ten. Okay, I was eighteen, so yeah, yeah, yeah I was, was ten. I was graduating high. I graduated high school that year, so yeah, I, I
0: just want to get perspective on your minds, our mindsets at the time. Yeah, and then I mean, that first movie was great. Now looking back, it's a little cheesy, but it it was it was one of the true movie theater experiences. Yeah. It wasn't just seeing a movie; it you felt. Wow, this is what we can do, and this is how serious they're treating Spider Man when we saw that.
1: It's not even that they treat it seriously, but the Spider Man, the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, to me, they are so much like a comic book brought to life in like the most in a colorful way, but in a good way. Like they've so much they they look so much like straight out of the comic book in terms of the visual style. I, I, I don't know. it really stood out to me. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, they they weren't trying to go dark and gritty which is, or anything. Like, it, it looked like you're watching a comic book. And, and like I said, I, mi- I mean that in the best way possible. It was a great
0: cast too when you had Franco, McGuire, Dunst. Like, they all still, when I see them, my mind still jumps back to those characters I see any of those actors today. It's
1: still weird that Like, I forget the fact that James Franco, that was, like, his first big movie role, considering everything else that he's been in since then, and the um, notoriety, I'll say, that he has now.
0: I just remember this is the end. I'm sure the Green Goblin can afford some more fucking milk. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) And, I mean, even uh, uh, J.K.
1: Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, like I said, straight off the fucking page. That was such a great... He was and still is the best. Well, he's been the only J. Jonah Jameson in
0: the movies because no one else has ever played him since then. Yeah, he's then, just ended up in two universes. Yeah. I do like what they did with him in this modern one. How they kind of Alex Jonesed him up, and it made perfect sense for the character. It, and it makes sense too for the way we
1: consume our news and stuff nowadays too. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought I thought it was interesting they chose to make him bald like J.K. Simmons was, but maybe they just figured. Eh, Fuck it, <laughs> let him be bald. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's like still he's
0: still like you know, little oh, Spider Man, this Peter Parker, and he's a menace. One more thing before we keep going on movies: Who's your favorite Spider Man? Like in the comics, like who's your Spider Man creator?
1: I like mean, I know Stan Lee and
0: Steve Ditko were the creators of Spider Man. I'm aware, but like, okay. yeah, like who? What stands out to you is, oh man, this is my Spider Man. Is it the? Yeah, okay. E- easily okay,
1: easily my spider-man in terms of an artist drawing him is mark bagley i fucking loved mark bagley's artwork he did a long run on the amazing spider-man in the 90s then he was the artist on the ultimate spider-man you know alternate reality reboot he drew an amazing spider-man like his spider-man had, had, had elements of like McFarlane spider-man with the big eyes and i, I, I thought just, you were gonna go
0: McFarlane. i'm surprised you know,
1: no, no, I love McFarlane's, but no, I I have so many Mark Bagley drawn Spider Man comics. I don't know, I just love his artwork. Like I said, he, you can definitely tell he was influenced by McFarlane, but I don't know, his style, it something about his style, like I really loved his work. Like his his Spider-Man art is beautiful. He's one of my favorite Spider Man artists. McFarlane's up there too. And I also like John Romita uh John Ramita Jr., but for me it's Mark Bagley, hands down. I think I think I'm going Romita Ramita Jr. He, I mean, he does draw a good Spider Man. He he has an interesting art style. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's very. It's kind of. Um, I don't know what adjective to use to describe his art. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's stylized a very specific way. Yeah, and he's drawn like every fucking character that exists. He's done X Men. He's done Spider Man. He um he moved over to DC. He's done Batman. He's done Superman. He's drawn like fucking everybody. He, he drew kick-ass. ass. Yeah. I was I was just curious. I didn't know if you had one that stood out to you like that. Yeah, it's it's always been Mark Bagley, and it might be nostalgia. It might be because of what I grew up on. But I just I always loved his artwork of Spider Man, and he was also the original. Um, he was the artist on the original Thunderbolts when they came out. Oh, cool! That's which awesome. he's which he's one of the few artists. He somehow managed to do draw Thunderbolts and Amazing Spider Man at the same time. Most artists back then and nowadays can barely draw one issue a month and he was somehow doing two books at one time so i don't know fucking what he does but he somehow he pulls it off same with john romita jr john romita jr i think at one point was doing spider-man and the hulk monthly at the same
0: time and i don't know how he pulled it off I, i think it's called cocaine I'm not making yeah. accusations. I do not know if any of these men did cocaine, but we're, we're, that's we're what it would
1: have to be. We're, we're talking about comic book here, Greg, not Stephen King. Okay. That's yeah, true. <laughs> Stephen King, Stephen King, Stephen, I almost called him Stephen Kang. That sounds, well do what the, f- <laughs> Stephen Kang, the Conqueror. It basically, it's like a, a, a sentient pop bag of cocaine at this point, back in the eighties.
0: <laughs> um, so we can, we can move along here. Oh. Now I well back when we did our Mount Rushmore of comic book movies, did I go X two or Spider Man two? Because one of us did each, and it was both a toss up for each of us.
1: I feel like you went X Men two. I went Spider Man two, but I could be wrong. I feel like I just say that because I know. I mean, we both love Spider Man, but I think my I, my Spider Man. Love is a little bit more than yours, so I think I might have went Spider Man because I would say I enjoy Spider Man more than I do X Men. I don't know what your take on the two are. Oh, I'm more of a Spider Man guy than an X Men okay. guy. I don't know. I, I feel like that's the way it went, but I don't know. We'd have to go back and listen to it. So, if hey, if you're listening out there, fans, let us know because we don't fucking remember shit. I mean, oh, yeah, I just don't know which one because I
0: knew it was a toss up between those two for me. And Spider Man Two is still one of the best standalone comic book movies of all time. Easily, yeah, it's easily. Yeah, I guess I could say standalone because it could stand on its own.
1: I think so. I think if you went to the movie not seeing the first one, they give you enough of a backstory that you could follow it. And yeah, it is. I think it's easily probably the second best Spider-Man movie in my opinion. We'll get to that, the first one later. Also, easily the best of the Sam Raimi trilogy.
0: Oh no, fucking doubt because. We know what's next. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Doc Ock, who we already covered, is such a cool villain. I remember. Do you remember when uh, schools had book fairs, Maxwell? Yes. Yes, I do. So, this is in the day before movie trailers were like huge and everything, and like you could watch them online and you were waiting for them and stuff. I heard rumblings that there was Spider Man 2 coming out, and that was it. And then you waited until you're at the movies one day and they happened to play that trailer. But. Before the trailer even came out, I remember being at the book fair in school and seeing a poster that said Spider-Man 2, and it had fucking Doc Ock in it. And mind you, I didn't even know Doc Ock was coming to the movie, and I freaked the fuck out. I'm like, holy shit, Doc Ock is in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh my god, and it lived up to it. I was so excited.
1: Yeah, the way they portrayed the character in the movie, I mean... He let's let's go with comic book accuracy first. He looked exactly like basically he did in the comics in a well, not exactly, but in a way that it looked like the character, but a version that could actually exist. Let's start with that. The tentacles were amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and I do want to say as much as we're praising this movie, can I make fun of one thing that always bugs me in this movie? Okay, when. Um, Kurt Connors, who n- we never see be the Lizard in this trilogy, but um, he talks apparently to Doc Ock about Spider Man back when he's just a professor. And when Peter meets Otto Octavius, he goes, "Doctor Connors says you're a brilliant student." He also says, "You're lazy." Like, what the fuck is this? One, even if he did tell you this, why is this the first thing you say to this man when you meet him? It's like Doctor Octavius. Hey, notice I said man, not boy, because that's the other thing about this trilogy. Toby Maguire is not a fucking teenager by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah I, I think... He's when so- they pull that mask off his face in that movie after he saves the people in the subway, and that guy has the fucking gall to say, he's just a kid. I'm like, fuck you. That's a man. That's a middle-aged man right there. <laughs> he's got fucking crow's feet, <laughs> asshole.
1: Yeah, because I think at that point, Peter Parker was maybe supposed to be 20 years old. And I think at that point, Tobey Maguire was like 32. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, oh here's a fun little tidbit. Uh, I like uh, these. Elizabeth Banks played oh, uh, Betsy Brandt in all three movies. She yes. was originally up to play Mary Jane and got denied. Do you know why? Too old. Too old. In their like, mind, in their mind. And she's, like, the same age as Tobey Maguire.
0: Yes. That's Hollywood. Then, I
1: think we covered this on here. Probably, but we don't remember anything, so if we're repeating ourselves, shut up. We're old. We forget things. We have other shit going on. <laughs> I don't know why I'm berating our audience today. Yeah. You guys can take it, I feel like. Yeah. If you can't take it, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen.
0: No, I don't, don't get out.
1: We're sorry. Yeah keep,
0: yeah, keep listening. We love you. Just... <laughs> But yeah, this was a cool time to be into Spider-Man, because this is also when they started really rolling like a lot of Spider-Man stuff out again, too, as long as yeah. time. Like books, comic books, uh, yeah, think, a lot of... Marvel Legends really just started booming Like the original wave of Marvel Legends before the um, Disney buyout and everything, and so those started popping up. You had those what were those called those premium figures that were popping up with the movie this was a good time to be a spider-man fan
1: yeah i think i think there's a couple of animated series that were around that time like wasn't, yes. there, a
0: we- wasn't there a weird like animated
1: like sort of 3d one on um mtv yes, of all there, places it was i watched it yeah I, I think i saw the first episode and that was it didn't new patrick harris voice spider-man
0: i don't know because i didn't have cable at the time so i'd see it when i was visiting and then I I watched it later when it came out on the video. For, for our younger viewer
1: uh, listeners, cable was a thing back in the day that you watched television shows on. Before streaming existed. The- oh, quit saying this. You still
0: use cable.
1: Yeah, but the young kids out there, the Generation Z, Zoomers, iGen, I don't know what they call them. They they pro- they don't know fucking what it is. Yeah, True. But not even to clarify for them. Once again, I'm berating you, but we love you. Yeah, Keep qu- listening to us. The audience. But we love you, and you need to give us money. Okay, anyways. Well, they
0: know I do. I'm not berating them. You're the one being mean to everybody. It's because I love them. Oh, okay. We're doing this tough love stuff. Yeah, know. and then, which, coming off the heels of what we said, one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, there's no way they can fuck this third one up, right? You would think so. You would think so.
1: And then what was it, the summer of what 2005? It's yeah. 2005. We the get summer spi- of
0: disappointment. Me and our good friend P saw this in theaters together and it ended and we're like, that was good, right? I think we did touch on this the you know the
1: age where you're like, wait a minute, can a movie be bad? Yeah, like cuz you know, you always have a fun time in the theaters but I'm like,
0: I don't think that
1: was good. I remember being I remember basically the same reaction of like, you know, at the time that that was all right. And I've gone back and forth on it. But in retrospect, I don't think Spider-Man three is as bad as people make it out to be. But it's definitely a very, very flawed movie and a good example of just trying to do too much. And it just doesn't work.
0: Do you know where I think it actually falls short the most? Where we could pretty much ignore all the other stuff is when Parker getting the black suit, the symbiote suit is a classic story. We all know and he kind of starts messing with him, making him be not so good. However, he's in the comics and the cartoons and everything when this is happening, he's still good in his heart. He's he's getting agitated and angry, making some rash decisions and regrettable choices but it doesn't turn him evil and i'd say for a little bit he's almost turning evil in this movie you know what i mean like
1: i you see i he, never he's,
0: c- it's I, like he normally i'm sorry i'll finish drop this point he still wants to do good but it's like tempting him and making him do some questionable things and like taking things a little too far not evil parker dancing
1: you see i disagree i don't think in this movie, the suit makes him evil. It turns him into Yeah, kind of exaggerating d- it, it, a bit. It makes him into a douchebag. Yeah. Like, same like, thing. Well, not no, exactly. Like the most. Well, I would say his one moment of true horribleness is when he slaps Mary Jane in the face. So, yeah, that's pretty evil. But the most part, I mean, he's doing the emo thing with his hair. He's wearing those clothes. He's fucking dancing. He's, he's just like. He's just an insufferable douchebag in this movie and actually even before he gets the suit he's already kind of douchey because in this one you know everyone loves Spider-Man and he's Spider-Man it's so great and like Peter Peter Parker is happy for once and it's just kind of annoying I don't like him when he's happy
0: I don't even know that but like I feel like they would have included some scenes of him like the night after he did some things I mean like why did I do that like and see that moral turmoil going on it wouldn't have been such like let's compare it to pro wrestling a heel turn when the good guy all of a sudden like does something bad and then instead of them just doing the bad thing they turn evil then they're like telling the crowd you all suck they're turning on everybody they're the bad guy now that's what it felt like I'm like oh come on uh, it just I don't know I, and the fact of the matter is
1: I think why we got the symbiote story we got is because Sam Raimi never wanted Venom to be in this movie. He was never a fan of the Venom character. The studio basically badgered him into it. I don't know how much you know about the story behind the scenes. Yeah, I follow it quite a bit. Uh, Bruce Campbell's talked about it at length, oddly. And he basically handles the character in a way that you could tell he doesn't care about it. And that's fine. If you don't like Venom, that's, you know, whatever. But then they should A weird choice. Well... I almost get where he's coming from because I don't know how old Sam Raimi is, but I get the impression he's probably grew up in the 60s and 70s era of Spider-Man. And he's more leans more towards the classic villains from those era. Venom, I think, is a borderline byproduct of the late 80s, early 90s extreme thing that we always talk about. You know, like, let's take a pre-existing character and make them badass. I say borderline because the character evolved to stand on its own, but it was definitely like you know, let's make this character cool. Let's make his suit all black. And I think give him teeth and a real long give him teeth and a Yeah, and he's gonna be fucking listening to Slayer. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. I can understand why an older Spider-Man fan would not like that, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinions, but this then the studio basically forced it on him. And he did this weird version of Venom that I somewhat get what he was trying to go for. They had Topher Grace playing Eddie Brock. First of all, what? Because Eddie Brock was always this hulking, you know, mountain of man, and you get the little Eric Foreman from that 70s show to play him. But I get the fact that they were trying to make even Eddie Brock like the bad Peter Parker. Similar to him, but once again, because it's kind of a douchebag asshole. I get that's what they're going for, but that's just not the character of Eddie Brock or Venom. No, look,
0: I don't want to come down on for Grace too hard because yeah. it was legit. He shouldn't have been cast as a but what's he gonna do? Say no. Yeah, like to- to- and Topher- he's legit one of us. He makes Star Wars fan like super cuts, shit like this. He's he's a legit geek, and I don't I feel bad that this poor dude's had to deal with this bullshit all along, and then he got the terrible role in Predators, too. It's like, he's destined to show up in franchises I love and get shitty roles.
1: The thing is, Topher Grace would have been a great Spider-Man. Yeah, I could see that. Like, you watch him on that 70s show, like, The way he acts, his sense of humor, his physique even. He's a very lanky, skinny dude. He would have been a great Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I I don't know how old he was when the first movie came out. He did play a teenager on that 70s show, but none of them were teenagers except for maybe Mila Kunis. But he would would have been good as Spider-Man. So I understand why, if you're trying to make the anti-Peter Parker, they went with him. But like I said, Eddie Brock is not that.
0: No, not at all. It, you know, it came, it went, it's sad it ended there, but it needed to with everything going on. Look, let's not beat for beat the rest, but I do want to mention this in this era still. Two things. Kinda of the dawn of the bigger Stan Lee cameos. Earlier Marvel movies, it was late most of it was like Blink and
1: You'll Miss Him. And I think this I think Spider Man 3 is the first one where he actually talked. One of is the first that, at least. Was it
0: three or two where he says, you know what, I guess one man really can make a difference. No, that was that's Which, three. Okay. Yeah. And that three. that is one of the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I think before yeah, I think before that I
1: he didn't ever actually speak. It was just, you know, you saw him and that was it. Like in the first Spider Man movie. He, Whenever a Green Goblin was attacking the parade, he grabbed someone and moved them out of the way. And that was at Blink and You'll Miss It. Um, In the first X-Men, he was a hot dog vendor on the beach. And I don't think he even appeared in X-Men 2. Like, back then,
0: he wasn't even in every single Marvel movie. Yeah, I know what you mean. But And did you happen to play the video games that came out along these movies?
1: I think I played one of them. I'm pretty sure it was Spider-Man 2, where it was like an open world, like grand theft auto type you could just wander around and do whatever you want but then if you wanted it to you could do so missions it was so fun wasn't it yeah it i was remember so that yeah fun. that's where they included the web swinging into that one and everything it's yeah that's the one where i would just play it and web sl- web web sling around the city and just not do anything
0: just swing around a spider-man yeah and you know what's funny that was a late addition to the game that was like a last minute tack on and it's what everyone remembers like being able to do and everything uh, but know. so, and then Spider-Man, as far as movies, dies down for a long time. Not until... a long time. I'd say about forty years, because I think the contract
1: was Sony. If Sony didn't wait, make a new wait, one, wait. What did you just say? How many what? years? Four. I, it, I, it sounded like you said forty. I'm like, no. How old no. are we? No, four years, because I think Sony's rights issue with Spider-Man is contingent. On them having a new Spider-Man movie in production at least every five years or else the rights revert back to Marvel. Yeah, God, why hasn't that happened yet? Because they make keep making fucking movies like The Amazing Spider-Man
0: and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know what? I legit will go to bat for The Amazing Spider-Man all the yeah. time. I like that first one. I don't just think it's okay. I like that movie. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I'm glad they included Gwen Stacy in it, and Emma Stone did a fantastic job as Gwen Stacy. Um, and you knew what was going to happen to her by the time the second one rolled around, which you needed to happen. Um, I th- I think that first one, though, is really good. Lizard could have looked
1: cooler. That's, well, that's the thing. They built up the Kurt Connors in the original trilogy so much, and never paid it off. And then the first movie reboot not connected to it, they bring in the lizards. So I thought that was an interesting choice. But yeah, um, the Amazing Experiment, because like, I was talking shit on it a little bit, but it is a solid, I guess we'll say, alternate origin story because it shares some similarities with the original trilogy, but they do it and they tweak it just enough so that it could stand on its own. Like I like the part where instead of him, you know, doing the wrestling match and that inspire—that's what inspires him to be Spider-Man. Doesn't he like crash through the roof of a building into an old wrestling ring, and that's where he gets the idea for the costume?
0: Yeah, I won't lie. I do love Randy Savage being in that first one, though.
1: Bone saws ready. Oh, I got you for three
0: minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. Man, Randy Savage was a national treasure, (laughs) and I'm sad he's no longer with us. And then uh, some early
1: 2000s uh, homophobia of, like, Spider-Man saying, what, that's a cute costume that
0: your husband sew it? Oh, yeah, Spider-Man's a little bit of a homophobe in that first one. Yay, Uh 2000s. But back to Garfield, I I really, like, I've said this on air, too. Look, we've talked about Spider-Man a lot, so you're going to get some repeat points here. I think Maguire was a great Peter Parker. His Spider-Man, once in a while would feel lacking. Like, he didn't quite get that over-the-top quippiness. Now, Garfield was a great Spider-Man. Like, he is quippy, he is funny. Like, when he's in that suit, he really went into the character, like how Peter Parker does. He gets in that suit, all the worries are gone. Like, he can be the cool guy. Like, but he never got the nerdy Peter Parker, who had to live the double life. He was still, even though, yeah, bullies were mean to him. He was still cool. He's dating Gwen Stacy. He's wearing Ramones shirts, skateboarding, like all this stuff. I think they are trying to make him more of like an
1: outcast. And I think that's where like the skateboarding and the like the punk rock thing came in. But yeah, he just seemed too well adjusted.
0: Weird question. Were the Ramones
1: represented at all in the original Raimi trilogy? No, no. And and no, not in the original Raimi trilogy. And like I said, he wore the we said he wore the T-shirt in the mark web movies but no well, that's what i
0: was wondering because he wears the t-shirt in the mark web movies and they use him in the soundtrack in the mcu one so i was like wait a minute is there a ramones uh, yes there is what the fuck am i thinking of course there's a Ram- yeah they have the song spider-man okay oh yeah they did the cover song was that during the credits of the first one Oh, I don't. I don't know if it was in the credits. No, I was just thinking like that's what the ramon Spider Man connection is. Is they did the cover of the Spider Man theme song. Oh
1: yeah, but they used it in one of the. Mo- I, I just realized they used it in one of the Ramy movies during the end credits. I just don't remember
0: which one. Oh okay, it's been a while since I've seen them to be honest. We didn't I mainly t- see them through memes now. We didn't even talk about you know the the music of the
1: original Sam Raimi trilogy. I mean, because I would prefer not to. <laughs> They say a hero will save us.
0: Nickelback <laughs> featuring Josie Scott of Saliva. <laughs> a hero will save us. I'm not going to stand uh, here and wait. <laughs> get more early
1: 2000s butt rock than that. <laughs> Jesus,
0: but then, yeah. But,
1: but then you, we shift the to Spider-Man too, and now it's vindicated I fed of the dashboard confessional emo music spider-man which makes more sense than nickelback but not by much still kind of cringy and i don't even recall anything about the music of the third one There, there are more important things about that movie
0: to discuss than that yeah but like i don't know i feel like if we had lizard it's so simple it would be so simple to put that fucking lab coat on him, right? And then we get our comic costume. Leave the leave the lab coat on. It looks so cool. We love it. Let him have it. Give the lizard his
1: lab coat back. He had pants too, right?
0: No, I don't think so. I think he's a big naked, penisless lizard wandering around. No, I,
1: well, in the cartoon, I think he had purple pants. Oh, in the know. in the
0: cartoon and comics, yes, I thought you meant in the movie.
1: No, no, that's what I meant in the comics. Yeah, yeah, he had a lab coat and pants, no shirt. Yes. And in some versions, he had more of a snout on his face, where this, as this one, his head was a bit more human-shaped. Yeah, I like the alligator-looking lizard. Yeah, which I guess, I don't know, maybe they did that just because of special effects, or they just
0: thought it would be too weird, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, the movie is cool. There's that really, like, oddly inspirational scene in that one, like where he goes to fight the lizard on top of the building, and he, like... He's hurt, like, he just got away from the police, and then they finally realize he's on their side, so they kind of give him an escort, almost, and he's hurt, and he, like, shoots the webs through that construction thing and flings himself out. It's a really cool, like, moment where I'm like, you know what, this, this trilogy's got some legs, let's see what they do. And it never and turned it, into a trilogy.
1: Yeah, because then we get to the Amazing Spider-Man 2, also known as everything you can do wrong with a franchise
0: in one movie. Yeah, fuck, you know what, like, they're building, I remember, man, like, the old days of being on Screen Rant, Sinister Six movie is coming, tease at the end of this, I, that never came, like, and then, like, we didn't introduce Harry Osborn in the first one, It's only in the second one, and we already turned to Hobgoblin, and he's who kills, uh, Emma Stone, not Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, and, like, the Green Goblin is dead, but he's a head or something like that. If I'm remembering right, like
1: well, no, it, he he died, and there was a cut scene where they had a severed head in a jar in that basement at Oscorp with all of the Sinister Six equipment. Yeah, Oscorp designed all of the Sinister Six. We did see the Rhino, though. Yeah, that was cool at the beginning and the end. He he was like a mech suit version of Rhino, which I think they did in one of the versions of the comics.
0: That works. I'm going insane. Like I know that's not comic accurate. That's a case where please change it somewhat and that
1: worked. And I will say one another I, I will say a good thing about this movie. I loved the Spider-Man costume in this movie. It was just pretty close to the first one, right? No, no, they no no it no they the first the one in the first Amazing Spider-Man, they made some noticeable tweaks to it. This one is very much almost looks exactly like a Todd McFarlane or Mark Bagley Spider-Man costume, including the gigantic eyes, which is one of the things I always loved. So it was one of the most comics accurate comic, uh, costumes in for Spider-Man, in my opinion, sadly used on a movie that was not so great.
0: Yeah, I, I really did like Rhino. Um Look, I talked about Hobgoblin, and I don't hate Hobgoblin, well, I don't like him either. But man, I did not like Electro at all. Well, first, I never thought he was supposed to be Hobgoblin. I th-
1: I thought he was supposed to be Green Goblin. I think he was billed as Hobgoblin, like on merchandising and stuff. I I always thought he was supposed to be Green Goblin, so I could be mistaken. I mean, he, but... He's some goblin out there with a the glider, I don't know. Well, at least he's not New Goblin. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't but, even touch on that in Spider-Man 3, the fucking New Goblin. That was just the fucking surfboard. He looked like an extreme surfer. I
0: didn't hate it as much, to be honest. I don't it know. Was, I don't
1: know. It was goofy to me, but
0: I just wanted to bring that up. That up. Yeah, I did not like Electro. He was the cliché... Uh, we Remember Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Barbara Monroe che- Cheetah before... Yeah. She's uh, cheated, like, oh, I'm dropping my papers, I'm clumsy, I work here. Yeah. To the extreme with Electro, like, he's obsessed with Spider-Man and loves it. Man, I'll tell you what, that Times Square scene's cool, though. Like, where he saves the people from touching the metal and everything, when Electro shows up. That's cool. But what about, oh my god, whenever Electro
1: all of a sudden decides he hates Spider-Man after worshipping him, the music... Do you remember the remember. music? No, it, the, the the original score. It was the original score, and there was lyrics to it. And it sounded like a cheesy ass knockoff, like Marilyn Manson song, where that you hear this or, this chorus saying "Spider Man, I hate you." Oh remember, yeah, remember. Do you remember that? Holy shit! Yes. Oh, that was awful. That was god awful. What? Who the fuck came up with that? Dude, and this guy should have had it made. His name was literally Mark Webb. Yeah, I I know that everyone pointed that out. And he do you know what he he has made before this movie? What? Uh he directed the movie uh Five Hundred Days of Summer.
0: Oh, that movie's good though. Not so, like this at all, but man, that movie's good. So he has yeah.
1: fuck, but it's a good so, one. He got some indie cred, and I think maybe that's why they did him, which makes sense for the first movie because, you know, the way they do that their relationship. But then apparently Amazing from what I understand, Amazing Experiment 2 was like studio interference all around and too many villains. They basically, they jumped right ahead to Spider-Man 3 in terms of too too many villains. Apparently, there's a lot of stuff that got cut out that would have made the story make more sense, and instead they focused on the the special effects. There's just bad things going
0: going on all around behind the scenes. Release the web cut. How much would we have to petition to get that made? Uh,
1: I I don't know. uh, They're still trying to get the, uh, Director's cut of the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, the air cut. But yeah, Okay, I mean...
0: so... Yeah, that was the Amazing Spider-Man duology, if you want to call it. It's... You know, the first one's good. The second one's really bad. I do kind of, now that we're talking about it, want to go back and rewatch those. I probably will. We'll see. Um, I wish, like, if they were bringing a villain back in this new one, and I don't know, maybe they are. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're bringing Electro back. That seems to be their... But I'd, I wish they'd bring back Lizard if they're going to bring back one of them. I, yeah, I would like that.
1: And give him a trench coat and some pants. Yeah, a lab coat. A uh, lab coat, whatever. Same thing. Doc Ock's got the trench coat game down.
0: So uh, moving along then. And then... And then well, what well, what else was going on with Spider-Man this time? They had a new like Disney show on that Disney XD, which I caught a few episodes of. It's not bad, honestly. Was that the, the spectacular Spider-Man? Yes. I think I did catch some of that. It seemed pretty good. Yeah, And we're coming up I, I know we jumped jumping around I, We won't cover too much of the Holland ones Because we did in our giant MCU one So oh, yeah. we won't do Beat for Beat But we can mention it obviously uh, yeah. Civil War came out and they kept this shit under wraps Yeah apparently um,
1: uh, The Russo brothers were told by Marvel To have a plan B In case they couldn't work out the deal with Sony And they had no plan B They really were like We need Spider-Man this movie So thank god it worked out
0: Man, I remember because they cut him out of all those trailer scenes. Like it is crazy. Uh, yeah. And then when they finally did, and the internet lost their fucking minds. That like, hey guys, what's up? But that that was just incredible. Yeah, I, like and
1: the scene like the scene at the airport where um, Iron Man's team is running at Cap's team, and Spider Man was they yeah, had cropped Spider Man out of every shot in the trailer.
0: Yeah, now this Spider-Man is cool in this way. And I don't know if I love it or dislike it, but I'm glad I've got to see all the versions. Because this version plays with the whole MCU at large. So you see Spider-Man in the giant battles like Endgame and Infinity where He goes to space. He's not just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Which I I kind of hope in this next one they get back to a little more now that I have seen Avenging Spider-Man. I kind of want to get back to just Spider-Man. But I like both.
1: My thought would be, depending on how the Sony-Disney deal goes down, after this trilogy ends, I think maybe if they keep making experiment movies in the MCU, they might scale him back to his own solo adventures. Because I think it was important, like I said before we've already seen Spider-Man on his own in five movies. I think they're just like, we need to make this different. So this is why we have Spi- this is Spider-Man, the MCU. He's we, Each one of his solo movies had other MCU characters in it. I think they need to establish that. So maybe if Disney and Sony play nice or if Disney buys Sony, which I still think is going to happen one day, we'll get to see
0: Spider-Man up, maybe a bit more on his own. Yeah. And we got that the awesome playstation 4 spider-man game for this i know you have you played it i know you don't have a ps4 but have you ever been anywhere where someone's playing this is this is all you i've never
1: played any of it and i've always wanted to because i've seen it and i've heard about it and it looks amazing but this is all you to talk about that because i don't i i want to play it but i never have because it looked awesome
0: all right, I'll keep it brief because it's not fun podcasting by yourself, but it's great. That's that's all. It's everything you'd want. It's like the Batman Arkham games that was Spider-Man. Full Rogues Gallery, everything. And didn't they don't they have multiple different like uh Spider-Man costumes you can choose from? Yeah, so many. So many of them. That game's fantastic. Um yeah, and that's pretty much the movie stuff, but like Going on, like, there's so many cool side characters in Spider-Man, and so many different, like, alternate realities, like, we touched on the the two obvious love interests, uh, Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane. Wait a minute, there's one Spider-Man movie we didn't talk about. What?
1: Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, good Cole. I was just it, thinking because
0: we we're doing the live action it, yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's still a movie. What a good movie! Yeah, I'm with you.
1: What yeah. a great movie that is. This is this is multiverse before. At this point, multiverses are on the brink of becoming like a big thing in superhero movies. We finally reached that point where I think mainstream audiences can understand it, but this was... They broke open the multiverse in into into the Spider-Verse before all of this, and it was amazing. It won the Oscar for Best Picture, and I know we generally don't get, give a shit about that. It didn't win some, Best Picture. No, no. It won Best Animated Picture. I'm sorry. Okay. Best a- I, I was going to say, it should have, but it did not. Yeah. And even though we shit on award show a lot, I'm glad when something that we like gets validation, because that... That was a beautifully animated movie. It was. It dealt with multiple versions of Spider-Man. I love Peter B. Parker, the schlubby like forty something Spider-Man in it. I probably relate to that a bit too much than I should. Spider Ham, Miles Morales, Spider Gwen. It's amazing. An amazing movie.
0: It, it it was fantastic. It was. I hate when people describe a movie, especially when it's new, as. Visually stunning because nine times out of ten that means there's nothing else to say about this movie. This is an exception just because that's such a standout. It looks perfect. Like, I love the way this is made. They
1: like it's like they animated a comic book. There's yeah. no other way of saying it, it looks great, and it's not and, even it's not even in like a cheeky sort of way. Like one of the things, one of my most hated things about a superhero movie was in the first Hulk movie where they kept doing the. Turning the the screen into comic book panels, I thought that was fucking horrible. But they do, they do stuff like that, a
0: little bit similar to this, but it actually works in this movie. Oh yeah, well this it works better with animation, I think. That too, yeah. Uh, but that movie's fantastic, and that and it really helped bring Spider Gwen into the mainstream, which I had been reading the comics for a while. So it was nice to see that character get some mainstream recognition. And I think they are working on a sequel
1: to it. I think it's been. Delay. I think its production has been pushed back a few times because of... We don't do that anymore. Well, it's not COVID anymore, Greg. You know what it is? What? Dun-dun-dun. The Delta variant.
0: That's still COVID. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not That's doing not this. The no. Delta. <laughs> no. I refuse. I quit. <laughs> so- I raged through my headphones off. I had to grab them. Fear the Delta variant. Oh, God. Okay. But anyway, I, I
1: had to do that. Yeah. sorry.
0: But those movies take so long, like, because they animate. They're not just animating one scene. They're doing that. They're putting little animations over it. Like, when they throw the bagel, it literally just says bagel on it. Like, there's so much that goes into it, those scenes. So, that movie has to take forever to make. Yeah, animation is something... It-
1: Animation is a bitch. It takes so long to animate anything. Let alone South- something like that.
0: Except for South Park. South Park takes about a week. Yeah, and hats off to him. But so, did you play any of the other Spider-Man games besides that one we talked about that came out then? Like, I remember the Spider-Man game for Sega Genesis was really fun, and oh, I could never beat Doc Ock until I found out if I crouched on the one box in the corner, he literally could not attack me. Not too long ago, well, maybe about a year ago.
1: I found my old Nintendo 64 and I had an old box TV that I hooked it up to. And I played the Spider-Man game from Nintendo 64 that I had for the first time in like a decade. So I played that game a bit and God, it fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, really? It, it's not good. Like, you're, it just, you, it's trying to do anything in the game. It's like, it, you can't do anything. In it. I don't know how to describe it. It's boring. It's, there's no, uh... it's, just not, it's just not fun. So I don't, and the, the graphics. I mean, granted, it was early two thousands, but graphics suffered immensely from. I believe the term is fogging. Yeah, like the background gets super foggy because they can't couldn't afford to render anything. In the background. It did have a little bit of the web slinging around the city to it, which wasn't bad. But they're really, it doesn't was not a fun game. It to wasn't play. free roam though. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you'd like hit a, a wall that wasn't there, and because you couldn't go. To, it, it was not good. I'm trying to think of any other Spider-Man games I might... Oh! How could I forget about this? Nintendo 64, Maximum Carnage. That game was that fucking... One.
0: Oh, that game was... I love that fucking game. I was going to point back to the Super Nintendo Genesis era of the Sinister Six game. It was really cool. Yeah I don't, I
1: don't, yeah, I don't think I played that one but I remember playing Maximum Carnage like constantly and at some point when you get to a certain level you get to choose between playing a Spider-Man or Venom and you're fighting all the, like I know you're fighting Shriek, the symbiote at one point point. and uh, I never got I just remember it being a tough as hell game to play and you didn't have a save option on it, so when you died you, you started all over, it was a bitch to try to get through and I think I maybe only got through half of it but I loved playing that game yeah, And I always remember the fact that it had the cartridge for it was very red. It was a red cartridge because, you know, Carnage. And that always kind of stuck out to me. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that game quite a bit.
0: Oh, yeah. No, we've we've talked about before that, like, Spider-Man has the best or second best, depending, Rogue's Gallery of all time.
1: I think he's neck and neck with Batman. Honestly, if you put a gun to my head and said, who has the better Rogue's Gallery, Spider-Man or Batman, I'd probably be dead.
0: Yeah, fair. Uh, so, who we know the big, the heavy hitters. Are there any, like, little secondary or ones who haven't appeared in film yet? villains that you really like? Because Mysterio has always probably been my top or close to the top. But then I have, like, these random little ones like White Rabbit and stuff that I think are really cool and would be fun to come in a movie. Obviously, oh, like, Craven the Hunter. You know, things like that.
1: He, this one appeared... Actually, technically, this character appeared in the animated series and one of the movies, but I don't think at least wasn't done justice movie is shocker. They had a brief mention of the sho- of shocker in homecoming, but he was never like the full fledged version that he was in the comics or the cartoon. Uh, another one was, uh, I believe we've all made many jokes about this with our friend P swarm
0: the villain made out of bees. <laughs> yeah. What's the one? He's not polka dot man. That's DC. But Spot, I think, where he throws, like, oh, yeah, Spot, holes I can jump through them.
1: And they're like, yeah, they're like portals. They're portals that transport you across, you know, distances. Yeah, I think he was just called the Spot.
0: Yeah, there's lots of cool, like, little underrated Spider-Man oh, villains. Do you remember, remember Stilt-Man? I was just about to bring up Stilt-Man.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> t- yeah, we're definitely talking about, this is like, D-level Polka-Dot-Man type
0: Spider-Man villains. You know what? Spider-Man has enough. There are these ones, and it's awesome. Oh crap! What's the dinosaur stegosaurus? I don't know. The one that wants to turn everyone into dinosaurs. Oh, I don't. F- I don't remember.
1: No, I remember. Do you remember? Well, he was. They uh, they sort of had a version of him in Far From Home, uh, the Molten Man.
0: No, no, that wasn't it at all. Well,
1: I have the impression that the Elementals in Far From Home were somewhat loosely based on Molten Man. Oh, I thought you meant it was the dinosaur one. I got you now. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. In in Spider-Man Far From Home, he was fighting these bad giant monster-like villains called the Elementals. One was made of water. One was like fire and lava. And I think the idea was they were loosely based on Molten Man and Hydro Man. Yes, you're correct.
0: Stegron is who I was thinking of.
1: Stegron. I, I, that name sounds familiar, but I don't think I've read much with him.
0: Literally a dinosaur
1: villain. See, I I, I kind of have a, a bit of a fondness for Hydro Man. I remember him on the cartoon. Just a guy that fucking turns into water. Yeah. I mean, it works. And I don't know if this is a minor villain, but the Chameleon was always interesting. Yeah.
0: He was the actually... Chameleon's a- cool. Chameleon's
1: been actually popping up in the current comics quite a bit lately. I think... I think the chameleon was actually the first villain in Amazing Spider-Man number one. Oh no, shit! Sure. I'm not sure, but that makes sense. Yeah, the the, ver- the versions of him have varied. I think in the comics he had that weird white face. I don't know if it was metallic, and he put pulled these lifelike masks over his head. But then yeah. in the cartoon, he had a device on his belt that was able to change his appearance. So they've done a couple yeah. different versions of him.
0: Yeah, it's just such a cool and like, what about side characters and not necessarily villains? Not like any those that really stand out to you or alternate Spider Man, anything like that. Black Cat. Oh fuck, good, Black, cool, man. Black so. Cat,
1: Felicia Hardy. I love it. I love interest of Spider Man, not Peter Parker. Felicia Hardy was never interested in Peter Parker, but she had a mad thing for Spider Man when
0: as a Black Cat. I used to have that semi controversial J. Scott Campbell cover with Black Cat like wearing the long Spider-Man t-shirt like saying meow that everyone was up in arms about. I used to have that cover and I I think I ended up selling it a long time ago. I'm like, "Oh fuck, I should have kept that one." Black Cat was a character that
1: um how would I put this? She was a, um, she was a sexpot character 100%. She 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 made young Ryan um feel things. <laughs> fair if I mean, and I think that was the intention of the character. Black Cat and Psylocke and and the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman those were kind <laughs> of what oh, the things in geekdom that kind of awakened me sexually as a child. I mean no one's denying this at all no one no one. if there's people out there laughing I don't care because you know what, you know what if you're a
0: guy and hey maybe even if you're a girl it's fucking true if you like yeah. this,
1: if you like this stuff,
0: yeah, Black Cat is a really cool one. And that, you're right; we can't count her as a villain. Like even she, she 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 was more of an antihero. She she was
1: kind of a ripoff of Catwoman because she wasn't she a thief? Oh, too? not but, not kind of.
0: Very, she is a ripoff yeah. of Catwoman.
1: Yeah, she was a thief, but she she sometimes did good stuff. But she basically had her own agenda. She didn't really fall on either side, good or bad. Yeah.
0: Then you have, like, Silver Sable. Like oh, that. Silver
1: Sable. That's Yeah, I remember. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's another thing about... she Was was she an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or another government organization? Another,
0: another organization.
1: There's so many of them. Yeah, Silver Sable. I remember she was prominent in the 90s because she had... I feel... I don't know when she was created, but she had a very 90s
0: look to her in terms of, you know, her costume. And then, like, the Marvel heroes that aren't necessarily Spider-Man-side characters that randomly, but regularly team up. Human Torch, Daredevil... Yeah. Punisher, you could say Teams Up is also a villain, but depending on where we're talking, I'm sure and it I was think originally. We it before.
1: Yeah, first appearance cool. was in Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man 129. But you, might, yeah, you hit on a lot of things. I was thinking of the Human Torch. Uh, the Kingpin originally started out as a Spider Man villain, and, yes. then and then eventually became Daredevil's main guy. So much so that in the 90s cartoon, the Kingpin was a major villain throughout the entire series. So whenever I started reading comics and saw him, it's primarily in Daredevil, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And then I read and found out. No, yeah, he started out in Spider Man, and then I think it was Frank Miller that basically said, "Hey, can I use this guy in, in Daredevil?" And that's how that happened. What an amazing
0: like arc with the whole King Ben stuff in the comics, like where he quits being Spider Man. That iconic cover of him throwing the suit in the trash and everything. Well, here's another
1: interesting twist in talk in talking about villain swapping, and I think. The early late nineties, early two thousands, Daredevil was at like a low point in terms of sales, so they let our friend our our friend Kevin Smith reboot it, and he did the Born Again storyline, where ultimately at the end of it, Mysterio was re- revealed to be the main villain of it. So Mysterio, primarily a Spider Man villain, ended up being the main villain in a very prominent Daredevil storyline. Well, let's be honest, where does
0: Daredevil patrol? New York. Specifically Hell's Kitchen, yes. Spider-Man is all of New York. So, yeah, yeah, they're going to cross paths all the time. Just because Daredevil mainly sticks to, like, four blocks doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they're going
1: to run into each other a lot. And I I remember that being a bit controversial because I think Kevin Smith actually killed Mysterio in that storyline. But then they brought him back, like, less than half a year later.
0: Well, yeah, because it was kind of a... Even though it was in continuity, it was kind of an out-of-continuity story, like, yeah, have fun with it. It wasn't out-of-continuity, but that was the launch
1: of the, uh, Marvel Knights line, where they were, um, revamping some of their B-list heroes, mostly, mostly, like, more of the gritty ones. That's when we got, uh, garth ennis doing the punisher um i think they brought back moon knight at that point and they eventually did a team-up book called Nar- marvel knights which had daredevil punisher and a bunch of like the street level marvel uh heroes and actually the marvel It's knights really book, good it's yeah, really the, good yeah the marvel knights book actually i think has almost seems more like the basis for the defenders tv series than the defenders books were because i think it was marvel knights that introduced um alias which was uh Jessica Jones. Yep. So I think the Marvel Knights stuff basically is kinda of was the Netflix Marvel shows they is what they base the Marvel Netflix shows I think on now that I think about it.
0: Yeah. They also, also that- have, we said already, Spider-Gwen, you have Spider-Woman, you have Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Spider-Punk, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man, literally a billion. There was that weird time when Doc Ock was Spider-Man, they swapped bodies when Doc Ock was dying. Oh, yeah. they, did,
1: like, they did like a Freaky Friday, sort of.
0: Which should have been terrible. It should have been one of those comic things where I like, go, oh boy, here we go. But you know what? It was really good, actually.
1: And then they do at one point, I think... During that or after that, Peter Parker ended up being the head of his own company, Parker Industries. Parker Industries, yep. So he's broke again now. Don't worry. Oh, well, that's it. There's always he always returns
0: to the status quo. That's unfortunately my that's how favorite it, version yeah. of this though is Mary Jane Watson because her return to the status quo is she's not famous anymore. She's an actress, so she goes on Broadway and she's made movies and stuff. But then she'll end up waiting tables, and when she's down on her luck and doing things like this. The public just forgets about her. That's my favorite thing in the world. And me and you know from going to conventions and stuff, people who've had one role on a TV show in the 90s can make a living on the convention circuit to where, like you don't just stop being famous because you haven't worked in a little bit. You never have to work again in your life. You can still, like, you're never forgotten, especially today with the internet and everything. I love that when she's down on her luck, everyone just forgets she's famous. She's like Shia LaBeouf with the paper bag, I'm not famous anymore. Dude, oh my god, you should write comic books. That would be a great
1: storyline. Have Mary Jane be washed up at one of these conventions promoting these old shitty movies she used to do. Oh yeah, I'm not saying conventions are all washed up people. Oh, no. I'm gonna say that. No. But like that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be a that is a, would be a fucking great storyline. And Marvel, I know you listen to our show, so get us on that uh Mr. Marvel or Mr. Disney, whichever one we're talking to from No, the- we've only
0: established that Sony listens and oh my god, now they're gonna make the Mary Jane standalone movie of her being at conventions.
1: No, they're gonna make a crackle exclusive show because they own crackle. No one uses Crackle, not even Sony. Does does anybody even know what Crackle is other than us? For those who don't know, Crackle is a streaming site that's kind of bad. Very bad. Sony Sony owns it, but they don't create any content for it, so much so that Sony has negotiated a multi-year streaming deal with Netflix and Disney for their movies.
0: They know what people are watching. It's not Crackle. That's all I really wanted to catch. I mean, we could do a, a full on continuing podcast and never run out of material if we want to do a full Spider-Man one. So, of course, yeah. we didn't fit everything. There's there so, so much to... more I could have hit on that I didn't, mm-hmm. so I tried to briefly touch on a lot. I can't even say briefly touch on everything. That's not true. Yeah. But- but even, even myself, with my
1: knowledge, I can go for about an hour talking about the Spider-Man clone saga, which I know is controversial, but I'm not the only one. That, there, there are multiple websites that people that have written essays dissecting the clone saga, and whether you love it or hate it, it was a very weird time for Spider-Man, and I lived through it, so like, I could talk about that endlessly, both in terms of the story and all the shit that went on behind the scenes. The example
0: of just milking a story because it was selling well for a while. I remember my How to Draw Spider-Man and his characters books I had, and I would draw all the time when I was a kid. And which would just get me get frustrated and start tracing. There's there's so much more. But I we we'll be here for hours, so and we'll, it all, we'll th- cut it here. There
1: there is one other thing we did not mention that I think warrants a mentioning. Actually, two things. Um, first, there was a nineteen seventies live-action Spider-Man series that lasted for like two series two seasons. It was not very good. There were no super villains on it. And Spider-Man occasionally would shoot a web and swing from one building to another and that's it. It was not that good. And then there was the 1970s Japanese Spider-Man live-action series. There we go. Now we're talking about the good stuff. It was basically Spider-Man via the way of Power Rangers, but this was before Power Rangers, where Spider-Man had a giant fucking robot called the Marveler, I believe, and he was descendant of an alien race from a planet, from a spider planet or something.
0: Yeah, it was bad. It's and, fun
1: though. And he had this catchphrase, like catchphrase where he would be like, I am an embassy from hell, Spider-Man. And it was weird. And like Stanley was like a producer on it. Like he was involved, but it had nothing to do with Spider-Man. He hit a button and his suit popped out of a wristwatch, and all of a sudden it was like he was wearing it. And it was bad, but Thoroughly entertaining, just very, <laughs> just one of the most, one of the weirdest things you've ever seen. Like I said, this was pre-Power Rangers, because I think this led to the Super Saiyan series that eventually Power Rangers would appropriate footage from.
0: Yeah, the from Saban. Now, if I had to leave us on one thing, I'll say this. I think Spider-Man holds up so well because he's a hero who's truly still a hero today. Still remains the most recognizable uh, superhero of all time. They do these weird polls like re- most recognizable faces. Spider-Man still comes in at number one, even like with MCU and Batman and everything like that. And I think the whole with great power comes great responsibility encapsulates that to a T and is why the character has held up so well and still been so beloved all this time later is all like that he's a genuinely good hero which is why I fucking hate Spider-Man 3 but like all the time and of course you always have your outworld stuff and like alternates and weird things in comics but I think he's the most look-upable to hero still out there aside from maybe Captain America. I think my final for my final thoughts, I think the
1: reason why Spider-Man's appeal is so enduring is because even though he has these superpowers and he's this big superhero, he's relatable. Like, when he was a, he started out as a teenager, he was fighting crime, and he had to worry about school. He had to worry about his Aunt May that raised him. He had to worry about girl troubles. He had real problems. So when he, as they let the character grow and he became a 20-something, you know, he had to worry about Money, finances, his apartment, his love life, still. He eventually got married and he still had to worry about balancing, you know, his married life and his superhero life. And d- despite everything, you know, with him being the superhero, he had real world problems. And I think that's why people relate to him so well and why he's endured for so long. As much as I love Batman, I can't relate to Batman other than the fact that I don't have superpowers because. He's a billionaire that could do anything he wants with his money. I relate to Spider Man. If I had super, if any of us had superpowers,
0: we'd be like Spider Man. Fair. Well, that's all I got. So you guys know the drill. Follow us on all the socials. We are on Instagram, Twitter. There's a Facebook group. Do all that if you want more of me. I am on every Friday, throbbing with horror, another podcast. And that's the quick and easy version.
1: And I think we can plug next week's episode because I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be. Okay, go ahead. Well, next week Shang-Chi comes out.
0: Yes, it does. So next
1: week. we will most likely be doing a We Watched Shang-Chi episode. And then we also, I think, have our episode after that planned, but we're not going to talk about that yet. We'll leave that to be a surprise. We actually have things in the pipeline for once.
0: Yes, we do. It's nice.
1: So um that about wraps it up for us. Um great covered everything. Um I'm Ryan Maxwell. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Greg Ames. Same. And, re- and remember kids, with great power comes great responsibility. See ya.